Um, do you um, have any stories? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Do You Have Any Stories? I'm your host, Kelsey. And today we have a very exciting guest. I'm super excited. He is the editor at Out and Pride and Advocate, Beyonce Stand, and an aspiring YA novelist. Give it up for Taylor Henderson. Yes. Woo! I'm feeling the applause. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Yes. How are you? How was your day? What'd you do? How was my day? I'm doing okay. It's an average day for me. I um, got up, walked my dog. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a little, little, my little family dog. His name is Midnight. He's 13. He's going blind. I'm glad you have a little pet there. Yeah, it's, it's, it makes living alone way less lonely. <laughs> Um, and I feel like I have a responsibility, so I'm not, I can't just like completely slide into a depression. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but then, yeah, my day was just, I, I mean, I worked and then I'm, I ate lunch and I'm talking to you. <laughs> and you are coming to us from, uh, Austin, Texas. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in Austin. Hello. Hello, Texas. Hello world. Uh, cool thing to let the audience know is that Taylor and I met in college when we were famously both in show choir <laughs> and now here we are um what an era living what an era what an era yeah it it just goes to show you can live, move on to live a normal life <laughs> after <laughs> there's a full future out there for all you show choir nerds yes um awesome well let's dive into it so taylor you are our protagonist the first thing we need to know is we kind of need to like level with you where you are right now what's going on where are you working hanging out with etc so we'll start with where are you working what's your job i'm the main character i love that yeah I mean, I'm currently working, so I'm the deputy editor at um, Pride Media, which consists of Out Magazine, Pride.com, and The Advocate oh. Magazine. Um, yeah, it's a cool little gig. I mostly write about entertainment, pop culture, um, a lot of music cool. stuff, um, LGBTQ media, if that wasn't clear. Maybe it wasn't. Um, and... Yeah, it's a cute little gig. Um, what was the second part of the question? Where, what am I doing? Where, or, who am well, I hanging out wait, with? So with your job, this may be a stupid question, but I don't know a lot about like how magazine structure works. So if you are the editor, is it more like people are writing stuff and giving it to you and you're being like, yes, no, or you're also writing pieces or like, what is the setup? Oh yeah. So the thing about like media and magazines is that, um, they have way less money than you think that they Love do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I'm doing a lot of jobs at once, okay. actually. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know how it is for all, and I can't reveal too much, but I don't know how it is for like all magazines, but I, as um, a writer with mm -hmm. Pride Media, um, when I, basically like they, my editors at the top, assign me stories and then I, I go out, interview, research, write, and then That's turn them in so um, they show up in, the, in the magazines. And I have like, in The Advocate, I have, I do the seven artists section. So it's about musicians, seven random musicians, LGBTQ musicians that I'm just like really liking. What are your top three recommendations right now? Right now? Okay, okay. there's this new girl named Ethel Kane who I have a really good feeling about. She's like just coming out with her uh, first singles right now. And she's gonna, I'm keeping an eye on her. Um, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
I'm thinking, thinking. What are, what are your thoughts on driver's license? I love it. I loved it too. <laughs> I wish it was, I wish I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, it takes me straight back to like, not necessarily like my girlfriend, because I, well, also I couldn't drive in high school. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, I had a girlfriend in high school, but it takes me back to like, you know, like 22. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I'm obsessed with it. it. It's just like such, it just, it's, it captures all those like juvenile love feelings perfectly. And it's also just like a really good song. It like, is. It makes me want to get like absolutely dumped so hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like reliving a romance that I never even had over this song. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is something I've been listening to on repeat, and I'm like, oh my god, pump 28. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> think about it in that way, you know? Yeah. All, music is universal. We all feel it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. Okay, so Ethel King. I'm going to look her up after this. Yes, Ethel Kane. I don't even know if she, her first song is out yet, honestly. Oh, well. Let's see. Two other artists that I'm really obsessed with. Pale Waves, the lead singer is queer. I think she's by, actually, I don't know if she has a label. She might be fluid. Cool. Um, but she has a lot of like really cute love songs that are out right now. And they're so good. And they're about girls. And then my third one, let's say Serpent with Feet is this black queer artist. And his uh, new song is called um, ooh, 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 Fellowship. And it's just about like, the people around you being loved on by the people around you. I love uh, that. And it's very needed right now, I think. Uh, <laughs> in not time of, uh, separation and quarantine. Yeah. I, still, um, uh, I love that. Okay, I'm going to look all of those up. I'm A problem that I have with music that I admire that you do for your work is I get so la- lazy. I like listen to the same things over and over again, and I have a hard time like mining through everything to find something that I like. So I'm definitely gonna look. Oh, ooh, ooh, oh, girl! I'll send you a playlist. <laughs> I have this one playlist called Currently that I am constantly keeping up to date and like adding and deleting stuff from. Ooh. But it's like everything that I'm listening to right now, because I I get tired too. You know, like I don't always want to like look for something, so I'm just like, hey, we're gonna play Currently, and then it just plays all the music that I added to this one playlist. It's really nice. That's um, awesome. I would love for you to send me. <laughs> I would definitely listen. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, that's cool. So who's like, who's your favorite person you've interviewed? Um, great question. I've interviewed a lot of people at this point. And it's kind of weird because it's like I, it's my job. So I kind of get like a lot of like anxiety. And like, there's a lot of like weird feelings going into it when it's like, I'm interviewing someone. Um, and then I forget how like actually cool it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I talked to Brandy the other day. <laughs> Um, that was definitely a highlight when I got to talk to Brandy about her last album last summer. Awesome. Um, I talked with Jojo. That was a moment for me where I was like, oh. <laughs> was that after she re-released the... Um... Oh, yeah, she did. That was a few years ago. She re-recorded her mm-hmm. old songs. Um, no, this was last year. She released an R&B album last year. It's really cool. It's Very about cool. she like cheated on her ex. <laughs> and it's about like reckoning with herself it's really good oh good for her for letting everyone know and not being like i didn't do that (laughs) (laughs) right but it's like some like a lot of people cheat on their partners you know it's like some relatable i mean i have it but it's relatable Um, other people not (laughs) not you or me other people (laughs) (laughs) no if i'm about to cheat on you i'm gonna tell you so that's not cheating (laughs) we'll just just break up if that's (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. That's cool. Jojo would be very cool to interview. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really cool people that I interviewed. Like I interviewed Rina Sawayama last year, who's this really cool rising British pop artist. She's amazing. I got to talk to Keanu Reeves one time on a red carpet. That was like, I, I was an out of body experience. I, I talked to Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez once for like two minutes. Cool. Yeah. I just, it's wild how I kind of disassociate. <laughs> <laughs> that's how because sometimes I'll, I'll watch your Instagram and see whoever you, if you post like that you've interviewed someone I'm like I think I'd be so nervous but you look very at home <laughs> I used to be so nervous I think about the one okay because I <laughs> I worked for like a humor magazine like I was writing like well for a while I was writing a like I was making up memes for Twitter and Instagram cool. and then I got moved to writing about like women's humor. And so then I was like on the website and writing, like telling stories about like women and like women comedians and stuff like that. Um, and then I interviewed for this job and I went out to LA and then I just got like thrown into it. So it was kind of like those first few months were like me figuring out what the fuck I was doing. They were very scary. I remember like the first celebrity I met was, um, Daniel Franzesi who's like he played Damien on Mean Girls oh cool (laughs) (laughs) and I walked up to him and I was like oh my god I love you so much can I hug you and he was like no (laughs) I was like oh okay yeah I mean okay yeah you're a person (laughs) and that's kind of weird you know I had to like it was like I had to readjust how I interacted with celebrities because at first it was like oh my god and I was like okay wait they're just people <laughs> like this is their job yes like calm down don't freak out on them <laughs> don't ask to hug them you don't know them they probably don't want to be touched you know <laughs> well you always look very comfortable in the ones that you share I'm always like you seem very comfortable talking to these very famous people <laughs> yeah. now I most of the time am I still fangirl a little bit every now and then but I'm able to like I'm a, I'm a big time planner. So I kind of like plan out what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. So it's not as scary, you know, yeah. like, don't ask me to like improv or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, um, <laughs> You've got your notes. You're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems very cool. Um, it's a pandemic. I know we can't hang out with a ton of people, but who are you? How are you like fulfilling your social needs? What are you, who are you hanging out with? Um, yeah so I'm like I said I'm in Austin at the moment Mm -hmm. um my family's in Texas Mm -hmm. um so my mom's in Houston my mom and dad are in Houston my sister's in San Marcos which is like 30 minutes from Austin Mm -hmm. so I'm actually hanging out with them a lot um I see my sister like once every week or two which is really nice because I never got I haven't seen my sister this often since we lived together (laughs) childhood home so that was 10 years ago you know (laughs) Say it again. Special, like. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It's kind of like relearning each other because she's also six years younger than me. Oh, you know? I so, she's that much younger. Yeah, so we're very different people than we were ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I'm hanging out with. Oh, well, also I'm like seeing someone. Yay! Um, their name is Jack. Ooh, that's uh, pretty. Yeah, it's you really will be diving into that in a minute after we cover okay. your living situation. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, realized, 
other than otherwise it's just like a few friends I mean I'm keeping my bubble kind of tight yeah but like you know like we're watching drag race together and cool. if I do hang out with other friends it's like on patios or like let's go for a hike and then we were wearing masks you know yeah. so I'm trying to be like a little careful because I'm not trying to get sick <laughs> yeah. what's the vibe and I haven't been to Texas since oh the start it's of <laughs> way more chill than LA because you know LA kind of had especially those first few months but we were like um so for y'all I don't know if I said that earlier but I moved from LA to back to Texas uh in October slash November um because I was I wanted to get back into Texas before the holiday craziness started um yeah LA was way more intense you know like businesses were closed bars were closed if restaurants were open you could only sit outside and, you know, six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I was way more scared at that point to go out. So it was like, we weren't going out at all. Um, I was nervous to even hang out with people. Cause it was like, I, I have the, we had, I lived with, I, okay. I had two roommates okay. and then I had one of my besties from, Oh, Travis, you know, Travis. I love Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Travis also had two roommates. So we were like each other's friends, you know, like we were, we're seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was it really. And then moving here, I'm able to see a little bit more people. And I mean, Texas is like, we walked down um, 6th Street one time and it was fully packed, like no masks. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was kind of scary. We were like, let's walk down 5th Street. Um, and <laughs> Well, oh, really 6th Street, I would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Like 6th Street was disgusting. Even if there, even if germs didn't exist, 6th yeah. Street would be disgusting. It's wild looking back at it now. Because like in the moment, I just remember being like, oh, my God, 6th Street. And now I'm like, oh. <laughs> like this is so stressful. <laughs> for context, for any listeners that did not go to the University of Texas in Austin, um, Sixth Street is the row of bars that basically the underage like students went to, or like recently twenty one, maybe twenty two. It was like before you went, before you really had any money, or maybe you just had a fake ID. Yeah. So it was like just the messiest, <laughs> the messiest possible vibe. <laughs> like times four yeah it's like because I didn't go out till I was 21 I waited till I was legal because I was I was a little prudy um I was scared too I didn't I never got a fake (laughs) okay we're on the same page no but I just remember like I was always like that messy bitch and like like drunkenly like screaming at people like you're loved at 2 a.m like giving motivational pep talks it was yeah what what an era what a time yeah, it's um I I've thrown up in a trash can or two on that, <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, and I will say, peed in an alleyway behind that, that street. That's who has it. <laughs> you who have to. I'm not gonna get in a car and have to pee. <laughs> who has it? So yeah, I would absolutely believe that it is not following <laughs> the protocol. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just try to look out for myself you know because I also like yeah I visit my parents every now and then so I'm not trying to like it'll be okay if I got sick because I'm like a healthy I I I think I'm healthy um but you know like I don't want to bring anything back to my parents exactly yeah yeah I feel like at this point that's like all you can do is be like I know who I'm seeing and I have a pretty good idea of who they're seeing and I really cannot do much else Mm -hmm. better than that yeah so okay let's 
that's Gab then. Okay, so you're going out with um their name Jack. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, Ooh, okay so okay. what's the deal? What's going on? <laughs> do you want? What do you want to know? Our life story. I want to know how, like, how do you meet and how long has it been? What's like going on? Yeah, it's all really new. Um, yeah. It's um, we met in September, like just before I decided to move back. Okay. Came to and they're in Texas. Yeah, so they're in Houston. Okay. Um, and I that's when I was staying with my parents. I stayed with my parents for about a month, from September to October, mm-hmm. um, because I was just like. I just wanted to. I was so tired of LA. <laughs> um, but then when I was with my parents, I realized I can't stay here for that much longer. So I'm gonna get my own place. <laughs> um, no, but when I was in Houston, uh, I mean, I was just like on the dating apps as one is, um, mostly out of boredom. Um, mm-hmm. And I matched with Jack and yeah. they were just so cute. And so we started talking and we're talking and it's just like you know like when you start talking to someone and it like flows really well immediately which is very unusual for tinder yeah <laughs> so especially like, texting it's like oh, who is this ah, person exactly exactly so we talked for about a week just on tinder and then maybe on instagram and then i was like okay i'm going back to la soon like we have to meet yeah even if it's just for like a walk like we just have to meet because there's this is like there's something happening here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went, we then went on a walk in Memorial Park in Houston. Um, and it just was like, it was just like the sparks flying instantly. And like, we just like got each other. It was just like instantly familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is wild. Um, I have very low expectations for dating because uh, most people are trash. So, <laughs> and even if they're not, you know, especially with uh, gay men, queer people, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot, lot of, lot of um, trauma you could say to unpack. Um, you know, there's a lot of insecurities. There's a lot of like, and at this point in my life, I mean, I'm only 28, but I've worked really hard to like kind of work through my own shit. And mm-hmm. so, a lot of people haven't and are not on that same kind of level that I am, I guess. And I don't know if that's like weird to say, but that's just like how I feel, you know, like I. At this point in my life, I know what I want. I know what I like. Mm-hmm. And Jack was like popped up and then we just like got along and it was just fun and easy. And and they're also just like the hottest person I've ever met in my entire life. They're so hot. Oh my God. I, I um, love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's funny because we've like literally talked every single day uh, mm-hmm. And right now I'm in Austin. They're in Houston. Oh, so I'm also referring to them. Jack is them because I use they, them, and he, him pronouns. But mm-hmm. I like to use the they, them just because I like to. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've talked every single day. We've hung out maybe like at the most like two weeks apart. Um, sorry, I just got an email. I'm going to close that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm just ranting now because I just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's really, it's really cool because I've never, I've been in a few relationships, but I've never, it's never felt like this one has. So, I mean, I'm very excited. Um, I treat people in relationships as like experiences and I am very grateful to have this experience with me right now. Um, and yeah, and Jack's just really fucking cool. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Are they, they're gonna, they're like in Houston for permanent or like? The, I mean, a lot of stuff is in the air. Maybe that's kind of why I mentioned the experience thing, but mm-hmm. it's like, um, I mean, I think that's also a very healthy way to think about relationships, you know, because people people leave, people get tired, people fall out of love. I don't think that you can, I'm very against the idea of like marriage contracts and, you know, you are now bound to me and I am your person forever. Like there's like people go in and out of your life, like friends go in and out of your life. And I think that like partners do as well sometimes. And that's like, obviously it would suck, but like you can't, love is not like, like a contract, like a binding thing. It's like, okay, like we are, we're sharing this love together. And if you're not feeling it, then goodbye. Um, or if other circumstances happen, sorry. Yeah, no, but it's um, true. Like all sorts of friendships change too. And like yeah. any kind of relationship is like subject to change just based on like, I, I, I think that's a really healthy way to think about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah. And I won't go into Yes. I think so too. Uh, so Jack is uh, a student at U of H and they're graduating in May. Um, and then what's most likely, most likely going to happen is they're going to move back to LA while they figure out their visa situation. Jack's also an immigrant from Malaysia. Um, so yeah, so while they figure that out, like I'm planning on moving back to LA in, in April. So it's going to kind of work out because yeah, Jack also has like a brother and sister in LA. So it makes sense for them to that figure out. Out. The, that works out really you know, nicely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, they're going to figure out their visa stuff and then probably just chill in LA and then I'll be in LA and then hopefully things are open this summer. We can get a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Praying so hard. <laughs> Whoever will listen. <laughs> um, do you like living in LA? I did. I did. I, I was shocked like when I got here because I was so ready to leave. <laughs> I was so ready to go. I was like, I have to get the fuck out of here. You know, like I loved both my roommates, but like when you're living with roommates in quarantine, you know, mm-hmm. some sparks fly, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was, I was, I'm a 28 year old man. I had never le- lived alone. I was like ready. It was time. It felt, so that's why I moved back here. One of the reasons I moved back here. Um, but like after a few months here, I realized that I really did miss LA and I missed um, some of the experiences in nature. I miss being close to the beach. I miss the like drive 10 minutes. You can hike up a mountain. Like I, I really do miss a lot of it. And I miss like the events and um, all the things you can do when LA is normally open um, and the people and the food and the sushi. Uh, um, but Texas has great food. I do. I am glad to be back in Texas for the food. Mm-hmm. Um, I think LA is weird. <laughs> And LA people always get mad at me when I say this because, okay, first of all, coming from Texas, I do have to say this, coming from Texas, mm-hmm. I think that we are, at least I kind of thought of LA and New York as these, like, liberal, like, havens, and everyone's mm-hmm. so progressive and so, like, no, there's still racism, <laughs> but they're probably, like, perhaps louder because there's, it's so open, like, the liberalness is so open that they, like, feel like they have to be louder against you know texas racism i feel like texas racism is very like like hey sweetie like they'll smile on your face ask you questions at the grocery store and then they'll vote for like ted cruz um and probably like call you inward to their like elderly grandpa you know it's like very behind your back yeah versus like la like you know like (laughs) my friend got like i mean this is also like um homophobia and transphobia but my friend got like 
accosted at a grocery store. Like I, I got yelled at um, during a pride one time, like by this weird. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, I feel like because the liberalness is so like loud and out in the open that people have to feel like they have to be more intense to combat it. And versus here, like, you know, like all the old grandmas that don't like you or they don't, they don't know that they don't, it's not fully comprehended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> versus in LA, at least it was like, okay, but I do love LA. I, I feel like I'm shit talking <laughs> LA now. Um, I also think as like people, I think that a lot of people in LA have something to prove. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like insecurity. Like, you know, a lot of people go from LA, like I'm gonna follow my dreams and I'm gonna make it big. And yeah. so it's just like, it can get very like toxic really quickly if you don't know who you are. Um, and you can kind of be like, oh, well people want me to be like this and I need to do this to do this. And and like, yeah, there, so there's some negatives, um, but yeah. I think that like, the the people you can meet there and like the people I've met and just like it's just like so many different experiences outside of my own I've learned so much I've grown so much I feel like a different person I moved to LA in 2017 and I don't feel like the same person that I was I have hair now um <laughs> sorry that was inside I grew my hair out for the first time in like 2018 well, um, I think it looks great you also have a lot of tattoos now which is awesome yeah yeah I guess I I only had two of these in college um, and then the rest I got after. I think they look great. This one, I got a knife. My last one is a knife that I don't think you can see. I mean, people definitely can't see. Yeah. <laughs> I got it at a Halloween party thrown by Kim Petrus and Grinder. Whoa, <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> they were just giving me random tattoos, like free open tattoo bar. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm living in the moment let's do it Kim Petrus is here let's go for it no you have to if you're in that situation it's like well okay what else am I gonna do say no yeah do a free little tattoo yeah sure that's cool that is cool yeah. that's the kind of stuff I miss from LA just like the weird random and I miss live concerts I miss live music so bad that's just a quarantine thing that's a coronavirus thing yeah, I miss live like comedy and stuff. <laughs> okay, I think we've covered amazingly, like cap- captured where you are now. We have a great picture of who you are. Um, let's dive into your backstory. Figure out how did Taylor get here? What's going on? Where where was he uh, before now? So do you have you have a younger sister? Yeah, Is she your only sibling. Controversial question. Um, <laughs> okay so I have one half sibling that I've never met that's way older than me okay um, but she's my only immediate sibling cool that I grew up with so yes and I'm the oldest she's six years younger than me and y'all get along yeah yeah um I mean one time she hit me in the head with a belt <laughs> but that was like when she was like four you know so I forgave her um we've both grown <laughs> she's 22 now she's not swinging belts around wildly anymore um yeah I mean she's she's a studying art studio art in Texas State she's very like awesome. be kind of like flow with the wind and the sun and yeah she's she's a character I love her so much <laughs> is, she, is this her graduating year no okay. one more year I think I believe she's doing one more year 
good. I'm glad. I hope that she can go back to like in person classes. And uh, uh, yeah, for real. Hopefully they. Yeah. Ugh. Figure it out. <laughs> um, that's awesome. And what about your uh your like parents? What are they up to? Yeah, my parents are still together. They live in Houston. Cool. Um, they yeah have been married for how old am I? So I guess twenty nine years. Congrats! Almost the big three zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been it's a rocky marriage, but they're still hanging in there. Um, so they had me when they were thirty. My mom was thirty four. So, yeah, so my mom is uh, 62 now. Uh, Yeah, they're a little bit older. My dad's 63. Um, And she, my mom just retired last summer. Congrats. Yeah, so she's, she's, it's funny because now she's like, I mean, not only because of like coronavirus, but like, she's just like, what do I do with my time? Like, she's trying to like, come up with hobbies because she doesn't know what to do every day yeah has she found any my dad is in the same predicament so yeah I mean it's it sucks because she retired last June so it was during COVID so it's like I can't go take a class or something yeah um, but she's she's trying to figure it out she's gonna I think this is gonna be the year where she starts like visiting like pops up over in my house and because Austin's a three-hour drive from Houston so I feel like she's just gonna like pop up one day and be like I'm outside and she's gonna be <laughs> driving everywhere and visiting us um yeah, and then my dad's uh, a limo driver, and he's like, I mean, they're not driving. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's like on unemployment right now still, um, because you know, just a way for the world to open back up. Yeah, they're both just chilling, <laughs> <laughs> having having time. <laughs> um, okay, in high school, what what clubs were you in? What did, what were you, what was high school like for you? Yeah. Um, High school was was okay. Uh, no, yeah, I because I was I've been a choir nerd my whole life. Uh, Taylor has a beautiful voice. Oh, you have a beautiful voice. <laughs> We're like singing. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Baltimore. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a song Kelsey sang in show choir. Unfortunately, uh, it for no reason whatsoever opened to the show. <laughs> it's like not a group song it was not right <laughs> oh gosh yeah there were some choices made um by a certain director everyone else in the choir started on the floor <laughs> <laughs> what a moment what a moment i had fun <laughs> um, an odd choice for sure but what a moment <laughs> uh, <so much> <laughs> <lead>. <laughs> um okay so you're always a choir kid which i love <laughs> Yeah, yeah, always a choir nerd. Um, I mean, yeah, I went to, so I grew up um, in Houston, but uh, I went to Bel Air High School, just in like the suburb of Bel Air inside of Houston. Um, I grew up in a little apartment just on the edge of the suburb. Um, So I was kind of like the, sometimes like the odd man out. Um, I mean, we didn't have the money that most Bel Air kids had. (laughs) Um, And as an older sibling, I was kind of like, it was weird because I kind of like took on this mindset of like, I have to be the good child. I have to be the straight A student, the really good, just like pristine. Um, And I also like internalized 
a lot of like I don't want to be a burden on anyone that was my big thing thinking growing up I don't want to I don't want to like I know my parents are struggling with money so I'm not going to tell them that I can't afford this textbook and then I'll just like not have it for the semester I did shit like that um which in the moment seemed like yeah my mom when I tell her about the stuff now she gets mad at me because she was like I would have done what I could have to make sure you had a textbook and I was like I didn't know I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) no but I mean I high school was it's weird because high school I did a lot of nerdy stuff like I was in like name that book club I was in um, what is that Oh God. Okay. I should have brought that up. It was no, like, I, we have to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what they did is they give you a list of 40 books. Okay. And you have to read them all. Okay. Um, In what time period? Maybe like five months. Okay. Let's see that. Um, okay. So, but it's like to a club. Okay. This is a club. Okay. It's set up as a competition. So what each name that book at club at each high school did was they would send six people as a team and they would face off against the teams in other high schools. So what the competition was, was um, there's like a a host and they would read quotes from this list of 40 books. And then we'd have to name what book the quote came out of. So yeah, so I mean, I mean, most of the time I didn't read all 40 books. I read like 10 books and then how we split it, it was like, okay, well, there's six of us and 40 books. So, oh God, math. So each of us has to be the expert of like six or seven books. Okay. Um, and so I would reread those six or seven books over and over again, make sure I had them down. And then we, yeah, we would go to these competitions. We never won, but it was, I thought it was really fun. My nerdy ass. Um, <laughs> was it like UIL or it was just like a bunch of schools? thought it would be like a good thing to do I think they just thought it was fun I don't I don't think it was a UIL or anything (laughs) yeah it was really I mean it makes sense now like with how much I love YA novels it makes sense like how it got started yeah (laughs) Um, what was your favorite one you read at that time the first one that comes to mind and I believe this was a name that book book um what is it called like house of the scorpion or something scorpion or were they all kind of like ya or did they kind of go all over the place like most of the time they were ya um yeah house of the scorpion which was about this little kid <laughs> i'll be quick this little kid that like grew up on the outskirts of this mansion it was a dystopian novel okay. he grew up on the outskirts of this mansion his name was mateo or something um but it turns out that Okay, this mansion where this billionaire lived and he was really old. And it turns out that um, Mateo was like a clone of this billionaire uh, and that the billionaire, like he was raising these clones as his like kids or servants' kids or whatever. And then he was harvesting their organs so he could live forever. Oh my God. That one stands out to me. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved to read it. It was wild to read that as like a 14 year old. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay, so we have music Rex, we have book Rex. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot more book Rex too. Yeah, please. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I was I was kind of the nerdy stuff. Um I don't I wouldn't say I was the best student, but I tried really hard. Um I also had a lot of like 
there were like a lot of family issues and money issues and I had to take care of my sister after school and I got a job when I was 17. So there were some hard parts also like dealing with like my sexuality because I was like I now know that I was very depressed in high school. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know at the time (laughs) but looking back I'm like oh that's depression. (laughs) Um, So I mean there were some rough moments but I think that like I've always been um a very positive and joyous kind of person. And so even though all that shit was going on, I kind of was like optimistic and I worked hard to make sure that I was going somewhere that I wasn't gonna struggle the same way I saw my parents struggling, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I had friends. I had a lot of choir friends. Mm-hmm. I had girlfriends, we never kissed. <laughs> uh, when, can I ask when your first kiss was? Oh, okay, my first kiss was 17 with my, yeah, my girlfriend Brandy. Wow. And it was an acquire, it was at a UIL competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it might have been like the like the all-state stuff, like the oh. I don't because that was about all about like what place you were in. So I don't really remember. I'll see it. That would be kind of romantic because it's like you're there all day. But for everyone not in Texas that is remiss to not know about the Texas All-State Choir, it it's like basically like everyone in high school auditions has there's like four auditions and the best like 50 people or whatever end up in this choir but the auditions are like all days that they're you're there for like 12 hours and so I think having your first kiss could spice it up a little bit because basically everyone brings coloring books and like massage trains and that's all yeah <laughs> if I'm not mistaken I might be mistaken, actually, because I was in high schools. I mean, there were some that were in at UT, but I don't think it was this one. Um, so ignore that. But yeah, no, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was either the first or second, because there, yeah, there's four rounds of it, especially when you're a big city like Houston. Mm-hmm. There's several rounds, and you were in Dallas, right? Yeah, Fort Worth was like, there were four rounds. It was wild. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I only think I made it to like the midnight, relax. Midnight scrambling around. Um, (laughs) Okay, he wants me to pet him. Taylor has Um, a really cute dog that's guesting for this uh, portion of it. You're not paying attention to me. (laughs) Um, No, but I think I only made it to like the, because you know they had like the women's and the men's choir. I made it to that, but I didn't make it any farther to the next part. Because I think I was like, maybe it was like 15 people went and I was like 16 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a uh, it was it was fun in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it makes you feel better. My first kiss was uh, at a rehearsal for the school play, but not because it was anything fun. It was like my character was supposed to kiss the other. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And so the director was like, "Just do it." Oh. <laughs> we were like, "Okay," uh, and I was also seventeen. So. I guess that takes some of the pressure off of it. It did, but like every like. The whole cast was there, like, uh, it was like, it was a little awkward. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is weird. It ended up in the school year, but that, that kiss, isn't that weird? Immortalized forever. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> but yeah, I'm fine. The Color High School Yearbook, there's me macking it. I'm, I'm coming over to Keller. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Kelsey? Kelsey Harper. Uh, 2011. Page like 
120 or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Okay. So what about college? So you do all of that in high school. How's college? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. High school was fun. Just chaotic. Um, and I hadn't, so I, it was weird. Okay. So I graduated in 2010 uh, and then I went to the University of Houston for a year mm -hmm. um, because I applied to five schools. Mm -hmm. That's what you could. <laughs> I remember that like, I, cause I had to get like a fee waiver to waive the application fees. Cause they were like $60 each, yes. which is crazy when you were like, when your family doesn't have money and you're like, I would apply to colleges, but I literally don't have $80 to apply to UT. It's not right. <laughs> It's, it's yeah there's some elitism a lot of yeah. a, on a lot of levels yeah um okay but yeah uh i applied to five schools mm -hmm. it was like u of h baylor ut two more mm -hmm. i got into all of them except for ut uh, and so i was like okay well i'm just gonna go to u of h and then try again mm -hmm. uh i went to u of h i got a 3.8 gpa yeah he somehow accepted me I was like thank god um U of H was also notable because it was where I like finally admitted to myself that I was gay um in high school there was a lot of like I mean to kind of rewind a little bit like I like got bullied a lot before before I knew what gay was mm -hmm. I was bullied for being gay uh which I mean looking back now I'm like yeah like I was obsessed with Destiny's Child mm -hmm. <laughs> and Sierra and like all I wanted to do was like learn dances and like sing and mm -hmm. <laughs> um but I mean yeah I got bullied for being gay before I even know what it was just because I wasn't this typical like black masculine yeah. I'm kind of boy um and so what I did is I like suppressed it so deep like it was just like denial like I was like I'm not gay like that's not me I have girlfriends like there was no like a lot of a lot of gay people are like oh I knew from when I was 10 I was like I didn't know because I had I was like nope that's not me mm -hmm. um and then also I had very homoerotic friends in high school mm -hmm. so I was just like this is what all guys do <laughs> <laughs> um at U of H uh I got hit on in the gym uh-huh and like this boy like brazenly approached me and flirted with me and then like when I was in the locker room like made eye contact with me while undressing very scandalous oh my god very yeah. forward <laughs> yeah right and I was like was I that hot or like he just sensed the game and he was like you um uh but yeah so that was the first time that I experienced like male attraction in a way that I couldn't like say it was something else mm -hmm. so that was the first time I admitted it to myself mm -hmm. um and then yeah and then I was also ugh, I'm really telling my life story now um, I was also very religious I think that was another mm -hmm. kind of compensation I made because I was like I'm not gay and I so it was I got very into church I got very into like I was in the Christian student union in high school mm -hmm. and when I got to U of H I was in the Baptist student ministry um, but that year that I was at U of H, uh, my grandma died, who I was really, really close to. And it was kind of like a slow, like illness kind of death, like dementia, the whole thing. Um, and so by the end of 2011, I really started questioning like everything. Like it was like, okay, your sexuality, like what's going on with that? Like your faith, um, because of how my grandma was tied into it. I was questioning that. Um, and that's when I got into UT. <laughs> 
And so when I got to Austin, it was like, okay, I can like explore now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, with, yeah, got into Longhorn Singers. That's where we met. <laughs> we were in the same semester, 2011. Oh my gosh. That was my second time drinking was with Long second and third and ooh, so many more. Um, Thank you, actually. <laughs> I don't remember but yeah I did not drink in high school so. yeah the first time I drank was my 19th birthday party and it was right when I was about to leave because it was July and I was leaving for UT in August and my friends were like you have to drink with us and I was like fine <laughs> I'll do it <laughs> um but yeah so UT was really fun because it was yeah I was finally on my own I was allowed to question things in a way that I wasn't before I questioned faith I questioned my sexuality I was questioning everything um, it took me a long time to really come to terms with my sexuality because I didn't come out till I was 21. So it took mm -hmm. about two years till I got to UT. Um, but, but I'm really grateful for like the friends that I made and Longhorn Singers. I still talk to y'all, which is like not everyone, but a good handful. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, and like in, in Longhorn Singers and I was in another acapella group called One Note Stand and I was in, I was doing all kinds of stuff in college. I, Founding member, right? No, I have one note stand. Yeah, wait, weren't you, or were you just you just got in no, really just, early? Because they um, one note stand formed one note stand acapella. You choose <laughs> premiere. <laughs> that means nothing. Premiere means literally nothing. Um, there were a lot of good singers in that. Yeah, but they they debuted, I guess, in two thousand nine. I joined in twenty twelve. I joined a year after Longhorn Singers. Um, no, one of them was fun because I did do a lot of like I created their website. I like started us. I did a lot of things. Um, okay, so you had a big hand in like. Yeah, making one understand a little bit more known, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, for sure. Um, but I love that group. Yeah. So I got into UT as if we're talking about like school stuff. I got into UT as an English major. Um, learned very quickly. I didn't want to do English because I kind of have an issue as like you know how like. Weren't you RTF? No, I applied and they said no to me. <laughs> it was the music in Spanish. Okay, I remember, Spanish I remember you applied. Because uh, I also, I applied two or three times and got rejected one or two times and then I finally got into RTF. They were really picky. Ridiculously picky, but I eventually got in. Um, yes. I switched over from English and then I also, I double majored. I did RTF and I did sociology. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And my problem with RTF, and as well as with English, was that, oh, that's what I was going to say, yeah, um, is like, okay, because you know RTF, I remember this one section in specific, and one section specifically, we talked about like rom-coms, and mm -hmm. I love rom-coms. Um, but the thing with my, like, upbringing with film was that it was very aggressively black um because my that's what my parents watched you know they watched a lot of like the black rom-coms of the 90s you know like we were only listening to r&b like whitney houston and brandy and and so it's interesting when you come into like you grew up with these things and you have these ideas of what rom-coms is are and then like so this class we talked about rom-coms and not a single black one was mentioned and it was all these movies I had never seen or heard of. And so it really like challenged how I thought about like my experience and what I wanted to put out into the world. And it was the kind of same thing with like English because I remember just like all the classics are all these white men and maybe like, you know, like they'll throw in Toni Morrison at the end. And it's just like nothing that like looks or reminds you of your experience. 
and so that kind of like like I drifted away from English and even in RTF I kind of had to figure out my lane uh, yeah what I wanted to do because it was like extremely frustrating and I can yeah but I mean it's like it's 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 just like media is a relatively new medium (laughs) um and it's so wild how we're still getting just like especially like if you think about black queer stories we're just really Mm -hmm. getting authentic stories like that that aren't stereotypes in the last five years or so Mm -hmm. so it's it's interesting to think about like yeah kind of challenging that notion and thinking about where can we go and what what do I want to put what how do I want to like display humanity of people that look like me or sound like me or act like me you know uh yeah and I think that's really to me that's really exciting and that's where I landed with in between because I didn't know what okay so I didn't know what I wanted to do (laughs) um I knew that I liked media I liked TV I liked music I knew that I liked sociology because I liked the idea of understanding people and why they work the way they work um, and also like how the institutions come into play. That's, that's the thing about sociology is that, yeah. you know, um, yeah, just like how, yeah, how, why we are the way that we are as a society. Um, and so, yeah, it all kind of connected together. Um, not until my last year, that's when I started connecting together. Cause then I started writing about like, um, I took like a race, gender and television class. And then it was like about like, let's talk about feminism and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, you know, like, so that's when it got really exciting for me. That's when I was like, oh, like, this is something. And even then, that was my senior year. I didn't think that could be a career. I just thought this was like really fun. Um, But yeah, uh, that's, do you want to go into like post-college? Yeah, how did you end up, how, how did you end up, so you just like apply, yeah, how did you end up where you are now? Yeah. Okay. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. So yes. it was when I, okay. When I, so when in film and RTF, you kind of like focus on something by, by your own choice. Like you're just like, I'm going to start taking all these classes. So naturally I started taking like the race, gender and television classes, stuff like that. But also I thought my, at the time I thought my focus was going to be like editing. So I was doing a lot of film editing, um, like music video editing, commercial editing, stuff like that because I was like okay this is going to be my career um yeah so I graduated um and that dream was very quickly vanquished <laughs> um like just because it was hard to find jobs or um, you were just uh, so okay. in the it was the spring of, of 2015 summer spring mm-hmm. summer 2015 um just graduating I applied for over 200 jobs. Um, I went on, I believe, 13 interviews and even like a couple like second interviews and I just didn't get anything. Uh, oh my God, yeah. how frustrating. So, so yeah, so by like, I was unemployed for three months after graduating. So that was May. Yeah, so by August, I was like, what am I gonna do? Because <laughs> yeah. there's no more like student loan money that can cover your rent. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm going home. Like I'm going back to Houston. Um, and then very graciously, my roommate at the time was like, you know what? Like, if you want to stay in Austin, uh, I can help you out and like pay for a month of rent and you got to get a job. And I was like, it was Chris Lanier. Um, he is the sweetest. Right. Nice. He is just such a good person. The sweetest person. Like, and it's wild to think about where I would be if Chris Lanier did not do that. Um, 
we love him on this podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh. One of my best friends through college, um, who's now about to have a baby next month. I know. He deserves it. He, he, he just seems like he's doing really well. Yeah. I just visited them a couple of weeks ago. We like walked yeah. around his neighborhood with masks on. Uh, oh. And they're so sweet. I love them so much. I'm, I'm really, I've been happy to watch his life after college. Yeah. And no, he's not on Instagram too, to watch it through Megan. Or on Facebook. Or- I, I thought on Facebook. <laughs> unfortunately i am still logging on to facebook (laughs) i forget about facebook (laughs) good for you Uh, maybe i'll I'll, I'll check him out on facebook then (laughs) he looks really happy um anyways um, yeah yeah, sorry chris lanier was like i'll pay um for one month of rent if you want to stay in austin you have to get a job and pay me back obviously and i was okay so september I remember September because I also, that same month, I got like a letter from like the federal government about student loans. And they're like, you're gonna have to start paying us back. Your first payment's on September, whatever. And it's $480. And I was like, ha! <laughs> that's, you're not getting that. <laughs> it's, an un- it's an unreal, for NYU, it's like 5,000 a month. It's like, that's un- <laughs> not right out of undergrad. It's like, what? It's, I was unemployed. I just like laughed. Like my rent was 510. <laughs> They're like, we want 480 and you don't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I I deferred that, obviously. Um, But yeah, I mean, I started working at Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I just started like writing for free. I did a lot of like, because I mean, I really like writing about music. So I was doing like blogs. I created my own website. Um, I was just doing random stuff for random blogs, anything that I could just to like start writing, just to get into the practice of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got another job at a dentist office because it paid $13 an hour instead of tips, you know? So I worked there for a few months and then I, yeah, after that, I got my first part-time job and it was at this company, I think they're defunct now called Flock U. It was a humor website targeting college students Mm -hmm. um yeah and I was like a video producer as well as like a a writer um Mm -hmm. and it was part-time I got paid $25 an hour which was a big deal because yeah I got paid $13 an hour at the dentist office so I was working half the amount of time but making the Mm -hmm. same amount of money wow 25 is a lot yeah so I was like woo! yeah I was my my big day ass. I was like out every weekend. I was like, I only had to work two hours today. (laughs) Going at 12 p.m. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that was fun for a few months. And then they went under. We walked into the office one day and they're like, "Um, we don't have jobs anymore. And I was like, "Ah." (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) That was fun. Their pay was so high if they knew that they were like, in danger of that happening it was funny because (laughs) it's like they were like burning through it (laughs) it was funny because our boss her name is amber who i'm still friends with she's so great um she was amber's like the coolest person ever um she like worked at huffington post and all this stuff and she's just like a badass um but she was like the whole time we worked there she was like 
you know, like they're going to give us like time and notice. Like if you, if we, you know, like if they do end up letting us all go, like it's going to be a smooth transition and we're all going to, you know, like it was a lot of promises were made. And then I remember the day we walked in and she told us and she was crying. She felt so bad. Um, and she lost her job too. Or she might like quit in solidarity or something. Yeah. Um, Cause they were like, if you want the job, you can like come back to New York. And she was like, no, I'm staying. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good for her. Yeah, it was probably for the best. Uh, yeah. Because, like, what's flock you now? Um, yeah, she probably would have had the same problem in a month or two. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so after that, <laughs> it's so funny, like, walking, remembering through the, these, like, <laughs> times. <laughs> after that, I, it was, I got laid off in March, which was, like, South by Southwest was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh and I like I remember working all these like weird like I worked as like security at um, concert venues and like at like uh, <laughs> for like a, a valet ride sharing app kind of thing like we would valet people's cars around downtown and I worked for like helping people try on 3D like the 3D glasses and I just did all kinds of weird jobs until I got a f- my first full time job at the chive in austin oh it was march of 2016 so yeah almost a full year after graduating yeah uh, yeah and the chive is a men's humor website mm-hmm. um i don't i mean it wasn't the best fit for me because <laughs> it's very like dude bro like lad bible kind of vibe like we're all here for like the military vets and small town conservative, you know, it was kind of a, I had to learn the voice. (laughs) Um, I did really well at that job. Uh, I remember like my biggest moment. I don't know if you remember this. Um, Okay, do you remember when Pottermore was a thing? And- Like the website? Yeah, like the Pottermore, you could like, get your whatever house you were in and stuff yeah and like your patronus um and so one morning that the patronus thing had just launched where you could like go in there and choose your patronus and i was like you know it'd be really funny because this was like (laughs) it's 2016 i was like you know what would be really funny if we like photoshopped harambe into like being a patronus like put it on the in that little like photoshop it into the 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 world uh-huh. and we did that and i i tweeted it at jk rowling um <laughs> and then she like retweeted it and it became this like international thing like she had to like apologize she was like oh harambe is not part of the pottermore world like, oh my a joke. And it, like made like international headlines um, wow. That was my proudest, proudest moment at the Chive because a lot of the Chive was a blur because it was a mess. Um, yeah. But that was and that me. was before she was kind of problematic too. So even like yeah. was she yeah, she was okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all that stuff is sad now. <laughs> it is sad. It's like all of the childhood books are. Yeah, JK, just like just 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 like go away and live in your mansion in the countryside yeah like you don't need to hear from you anymore disappear it's like insane literally just be quiet stop writing just like be rich until you die like all you have to do we don't go 
invest your money in something (laughs) you're ruining (laughs) bucks please (laughs) so fun it was bizarre it was like yeah i mean it was just such a dumb joke and then it became this big thing that she had to apologize for so wow um yeah i worked at the chai for about a year the chai slash the berry which was their sister women's publication humor website um which that was like my first real like full-time writing job because i was just writing humor posts all day mm-hmm. um, and from there I saw that pride was hiring and I followed the editor on Twitter and uh, yeah I saw they were hiring and I reached out on Twitter I applied for a job reached out for Twitter I sent Rafi an email <laughs> I was like hey I heard you were hiring <laughs> um, and they were like yeah come in for an interview this time I still fully lived in Texas still had yeah. a full-time job um, I took the day off. I took a sick day. <laughs> I booked uh-huh. my Spirit Airlines flight. <laughs> Hopped on a plane to LAX with a dream and a cardigan. Um, interviewed for the job. Got it. Nailed the interview. Yeah, and then two weeks later, uh, I was driving my Honda Accord across the country to be, yeah, a staff writer at pride.com. Um, oh, my God. Did they think that you lived there at the time during the interview? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I told them I did because I for because I knew that I I always knew that I wanted to live in L.A. Um, For a solid like four months, I applied and never heard anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I used a friend's address and started hearing things almost immediately. Wow. Yeah. I guess they don't want people to like relocate, you know? Yeah, they don't want to pay that relocation fee. yeah, most of them I knew like weren't great, great fits or were like shitty jobs. Um, but this one, I was like, oh, I want it. Yeah, that's a cool like, yeah. to be working with. And I got it. Uh, yeah, and I've been working there. It's been almost four years now. Very weird journey, one that I would not have predicted in any way. I, I love when stories are like that because I also am like, when I graduated college, I'm, I did not think really anything that has happened to me since would have happened. And I wish I, I wish like me and college had known that that was true and that it would turn out okay because I was like losing my mind terrified what am I gonna do and it's like oh you it really unless you're like becoming an engineer it really (laughs) that much what you're doing you just kind of like just finish the degree (laughs) or get two or get get two or three who cares (laughs) that's what I've been telling my sister because she's doing studio Mm -hmm. art you know which is a very valid concern about like how am I going to make money and I'm like it's when you're in college okay because how they told sold college to me was like you go to college to get a job and then you kind of like build it up the whole time you're in college. You're like, I have to do this and I have to do this because I want to be employed after this and blah, blah. And so when you don't get a job immediately or like a high paying job or whatever, it almost feels like a failure. Like mm-hmm. I did something wrong because I just spent five years, 40K mm-hmm. at college. And then here I am without a job or working at Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And it's like, as long as you're like working on yourself, one, working mm-hmm. on your art or whatever it is that you want to do too. And like working towards a path to like, because it's like there's no one way to do something and you just have to like keep doing it like it's so easy to get discouraged so easy to get like oh I failed I'm working at Cheesecake Factory like I don't know what I'm like life sucks Mm -hmm. but it's like I just like kept doing it and then eventually (laughs) it turned into something it is true the more if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again something will one you'll get better at it 
the yeah. two and then we'll catch because for a while after school I was working in marketing which I hated I hated every second of it but I kept getting more like opportunities to do more and I was like oh I think if I was doing something I enjoyed I'd be getting more opportunities to do that so I quit mm -hmm. but yeah it's true like for you just to kind of select something and you like it something good <laughs> eventually <laughs> eventually it will, it will it will and there's no like failure you know like in the sense of like like thinking about my sister like I keep telling her like I'm here to support her like my mom's here to support her like we all have like jobs one but also like homes like if you need something like you're not going to be homeless like you're not going to go hungry like mm -hmm. we can we got you until you can figure your shit out you know it's not a big failure it's like this yeah. is life yeah. <laughs> um okay so we i feel like we have an amazing backstory what are your goals going forward what uh, what's like a big goal going forward and then a smaller goal that's like kind of inconsequential or whatever i have trouble with goals okay or like once something that you just kind of like want it doesn't have to be like an end all be all like yeah because i've kind of been like reimagining i do okay i, I did want to say this earlier but i kind of got yeah. lost in my like job story um my coming out whole ordeal was an ordeal and it was a lot of like i'm very introspective mm -hmm. um very hard on myself i used to be but now i'm better i went to therapy <laughs> Um, not recommend therapy no. <laughs> um, but I think that bled over into like adulthood and like what I wanted and also trying okay so when I think about goals now mm -hmm. I try to think about things that I want to like define me because I'm trying to like I said before even with my sister like I'm trying to just be like we're just living life life is you know I can't think too much about the big existential questions I kind of have to be like okay what's gonna make you happy in this moment, you know, and like loving people, the scented candle, eating pizza, even though I probably shouldn't, you know, like mm -hmm. things that make you happy in the moment. And I think that like all the little moments is what makes up like a good life, like focusing on like, okay, I'm gonna do this and I can do this and I can do this. Um, so yeah, so I'm kind of reimagining what goals mean to me in terms of like how I want to live my life. I don't even know if I'm making sense, but no, I do have, <laughs> It does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I, I was one of those people that was always like, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to graduate college and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to move to LA and then I'm going to be happy and I'm going to come out and I'm going to be happy. And it's never that. <laughs> it's always like, oh, I'm out and I'm still like insecure and I'm still all these things and oh, I'm in LA and I'm still, you know, like there's always like, so yeah. I, I guess that's how I'm like trying to reconfigure what goals mean to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I don't have goals in terms of like where I want to live anymore or like yeah. stuff like that because I try to just be like, I'm living in the moment. I'm enjoying myself now, yeah. but I do have goals. So I said all that and then I still have a goal. Mm -hmm. My main goal right now is um, to write YA books. I really want to write young adult fiction um, I love it so much. I have a full library and maybe 80% of it is just YA novels. And then, you know, maybe 15 is like adult novels and then 5% are like self-help books. <laughs> and then Chrissy Teigen's Cravings. Um, <laughs> but I, I love YA so much. I think it's like the genre is just 
really lifted me out of some dark things when I was a kid. Also allowed me to live um, these big like romances or fairy tales or fantasies. And when I kind of was feeling like really trapped and lost in what I wanted to do. So I guess I want to do that for people um, as well. And, you know, also with like my own like black and queer stories and um, I don't know, I, I kind of joke that it's like re in a way like reliving the childhood like big love story that I never had you know because I never really was like in love in my teens or yeah. had that big you know and I really wanted that and yeah. I think part of me is always gonna want that even though as an adult like I'm like that's not how life works yeah. but I mean it is fun to kind of like imagine these futures that like I growing up didn't think that I had and I oh so okay I'm definitely ranting, but linking it back to like coming out when mm-hmm. I was a kid, um, part of my depression it was like, I really did think that I was like a burden on people. I thought I was like unlovable. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that like romantic love was like, I just didn't know that it was possible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like I was doing something wrong, you know, which is very, a lot of shit that I put on myself. Yeah. Um, and now one, I know that's all not true, but it's like, I'm writing these stories for like people like me who might've thought that, who might believe that about themselves when it's just like completely made up. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all deserving of love and that's like an obvious statement to have, but it's so weird how you can like convince yourself and mm-hmm. um, yeah. Especially at that age, it's so like, you, you just don't know enough to, think any different you're just yes. like, are are you thinking like um in, no like some ways kind of like um like a like a oh my god dystopian i was thinking utopian, like a kind of like hunger games coming of age type of thing <laughs> or is it more like um like john green type coming of age like love stories or like what's kind of like where what's your like sect of I love John Green. Yeah. <laughs> I was obsessed with John Green in high school. Oh my God. I wanted to play. Oh my God. What is the Hazel is her name? In right. uh, Fault in Our Stars? Yes. Yeah. Oh, like I wanted to play her in the movie and then they cast um they cast Shailene. Shailene Woodley and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so psycho because I was in one play and I <laughs> <You're like>, viral. <laughs> Unhinged that they did not cast me for as her, but whatever, moving on. How dare they? How dare right. they? You could have killed that role. Maybe <laughs> killed is the wrong word, but <laughs> um okay, so you, you liked um like that type. Oh yeah. I mean I was obsessed with John Green, mm-hmm. Paper Towns got me through some dark years i was like oh yeah people are just what you project onto them (laughs) um yeah so i love love stories like that um and i definitely like my i think my as of right now i i'm writing two books at the same time (laughs) um yeah as of right now my first one i think is going to be this big love story it's literally about going to be about like different kinds of love um Mm -hmm. which i'm trying to figure out a way to call it to not call it just like love but we'll get there. You know, the book's not fully written yet. Um, you have but to. I also really love like magical realism and like supernatural shit. Uh, 
and I have a concept for that that I'm working on that I'm really excited about, but feels really overwhelming. So I want to like have a little bit more practice and one writing novels, but also to being in the industry because mm-hmm. I don't really know how it works. Like I'm not, I didn't, I'm not an English major, you know, I didn't have a foot in the door. So I want to get in the door yeah. and, and figure out how to like negotiate some contracts. And cause I, I have a really good feeling about it. I think it could be, I think it could be a really big thing, mm-hmm. but I want to one, make sure I'm getting paid for it and the best like maximize my payment. Um, to while you're at. Yeah, but two, it's like I can hopefully be in a position to have like good editors, good people around me um, to help me create the best possible book because I think it could be yeah. so. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about both of those genres. But I mean, love is going to be a through line. I mean, love is a through line through everything, even through Hunger Games. So I guess that's, yeah, that's everywhere. It's a driving force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most human. Probably. Yeah. I think one of the most impressive things a human can do is write a whole book. I think I'm sometimes I look at like these long, like 700 pages, page books. And I'm like, that is look, marathon runners are amazing, but writing a whole book, it's like, that is so amazing. I agree. When I get there, I am going to have a party. Like this, it's, it's like, it's cause it's also, I mean, for me, at least, I'm like battling a lot of those like inner voices mm-hmm. that are like, you can't do this. Yeah. Um, so, and it's like amazing. It's so wild how people are able to put together these stories that can like inspire. And, and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's fucking hard. And it's, I know I'm going to get to that point mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. Yeah. And when I finally do write, finish this book, first of all, but like publish something, oh my God. I can't wait to so it. I'm going to find you and have you find it. Yes. Oh my I'll like have a stop in New York. On yeah. My yeah. Where like four people will show up and one will be you. I'll right out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, that is amazing. I am so excited that that is what you're doing. I didn't know that that was something you were like working up towards and I think yeah, new new goals and that's the new reimagining of goals yes is like it's not about material things or it's just like I don't know are you in that stage of your life where you're kind of like I don't know everyone always calls it like the Saturn rising or returning or whatever but I, like the stage where you're like what do I actually want <laughs> yes it's, okay so last year I was 27 and like a month or so after my birthday this is like mere days before the shutdown I was talking to my friend Jackie who performed at one of my shows and she was like, oh, you just turned 27. This is the year you returned to Saturn. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And she explained it to me and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Truly last year, like, I feel like I had so much where I was like, I actually want this. I actually want this. I don't care about that. And I don't care about that. This is cool. I could care less about this. It can go. I think I want this. And now going into this year, still in the pandemic, so it's kind of hard, but I do think I'm like, I think I'm, I think I've always been very like goal oriented where it's like, you have to do this. And so you just are going to go do it, just grow up and go do it. And now I've kind of, especially with like working in entertainment, it, every project takes so long. It's not like a semester in school where it's like, you just have to stay up and finish this tonight. The project is over in a minute you just have to stay up and do it or like the semester will be done in December it's like it's like this project will take forever and the end could just be a no and so I've been really looking at like that is just isn't sustainable if that's what I'm hinging everything on like Mm -hmm. that 
I, I will lose my mind. Like that is just not a sustainable way to like be happy. So yeah. I have been, I'm still like kind of working through that, but um, looking at what like outside of that while still working on it, cause I care about it a lot. I like, you know, want to write and, you know, work on projects that I care about a lot, but um, I am looking because it is true, like once you get there, once you graduate or once you do whatever, it's still like, oh, I'm still like the same like person, you know? So I'm, I think last year was a big year of being like, I do want this, I don't want that. This year, I think I'm working on being like, and I'm happy where I'm at because it's part of like the journey rather than being like, I'm not stacked yet or I'm not doing this yet or whatever, you know, it's like that will drive you mad. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I met with goals. I, I love a good goal. I feel lost without a goal. Um, I would like to have something that I'm working towards, um, but I need to feel like I'm not like, this is it. If I don't do this, I will suffer, you know? That's what I think I'm trying to get used to is that feeling of like being lost without a goal. Mm. I was the same. I was always like, I need this. And like that, that, it's kind of like gratifying like you know like the process of working towards something yeah it's like a checklist you're like okay finish yeah. this, then let's move on which i love yeah. and it energizes you mm-hmm. and i just kept like and maybe this is a me problem but i just like kept building stuff up in my head like oh it's like you're getting closer and closer and it's like once it's complete oh man yeah. you're gonna be so happy that i would like do it and I'm like oh <laughs> uh, like you know then like depression for a few days and like and so now I'm just trying to yeah just like be comfortable in that lot like I don't need that gratification so why do I like keep chasing it all the time I'm trying to like stop myself yeah but it is it's so hard <laughs> I agree it's also how everything's kind of set up mm-hmm. capitalism <laughs> <laughs> we're all slaves to the machine <laughs> thanks to the loans uh, isn't that the truth although mine are suspended still because of the pandemic and you know i'm not paying them. even yeah. though i should probably be paying them while there's no interest but you no, know what until september right mine i am paying off all my credit cards that's my goal that's every a- single credit card debt yes and then yeah then i'll yeah sure then we can worry about student loans <laughs> hoping they'll cancel it before it's time to start paying it again i'm not paying anything if they're gonna cancel it later (laughs) 50k please just wipe it out i'll buy a house if you cancel i'll buy a house i promise you i will stimulate the economy so i will (laughs) i will though i mean and then i'll like i'll buy a house and then i'll probably leave and like go travel like around spain or something yeah i'll have that house (laughs) and and you know what no pay mortgage on it and that's all they want that's all they want so yeah um (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully someone kind of in power listens to this and hears that and is like, I know what to do. <laughs> listen to one, please. Please, I know you got my back. Please. I'm rooting for you. Oh God. Yeah. I think that's really I think you're looking at goals in a healthy way. I think I'm I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's it's hard. It's just like kind of how I mentioned like reimagining like relationships and like how I'm trying to be like, okay treat this as an experience not like you can't like hold on to people it's just kind of I guess kind of just like removing the fear out Mm -hmm. of like a lot of things because I've I've, growing up I was very fearful Mm -hmm. and 
I don't like that feeling of being afraid or anxious. So it's like, how do I just like enjoy myself? How do I let myself just like chill? Like you have a good life. Yeah. It seems <laughs> like there's like a fluidness in what you're like. I don't know. I am a cancer. You what? I am a cancer. <laughs> Is that a, a water sign? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a Capricorn, unfortunately. Unfortunately, at least you're not like a Scorpio. Oh, God. Those are my other two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know what that means. Is it, it's just not your main one. <laughs> it's maybe it's good. Nope. Those are two very aggressive signs. I don't feel like I fit into them. They're two very like, I will I am in the cut the road. I'll destroy your life if you don't give me what I want. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm that way. <laughs> I do have two very in, three very intense signs. So everyone look out. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out world. Um, okay, well to, to wrap this up, we have to have a twist ending. Do you have any like twist fun facts that people don't expect about you? Um I'll share my fun twist while you think. Okay. Yeah, um, okay ideas. Yeah. When so in like second or third grade, I won a watermelon spitting contest because my I'd lost my two front teeth and I was the only one in the class that had both of them missing. And so I could aim fire like crazy. And I won a uh, picture frame that my mom had made and donated to whoever the winner was and it ended up just being me. <laughs> so I got a picture frame from my mom. Um, but yeah, I was amazing at that. And I used to win hula hooping contests all the time in elementary school. That's so cute. <laughs> I, was, I was good at it. <laughs> watermelon spitting master. Watermelon yeah. Spitting. And now my teeth ruined, so no one asked me to do it anymore because I can't. But at the time, oh my God. I could <laughs> so far. Um, one time, Katy Perry told me to shut up. <gasps> what, what was the context? But I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> what is the context of this? <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so listeners out there, I'm a massive Katy Perry fan, um, which like, how did I not know I was gay? <laughs> um, no, but I was obsessed with Katy. Like, I kissed a girl hot and cold, Waking Up in Vegas, the Teenage Dream album. I was obsessed. Kelsey can attest, I was annoyingly always talking about Katy Perry. Any it. chance that I could. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've seen her live like six times at this point. Um, a few years ago in LA, she had this weird show that showed up um, that I got an email about because I'm a city card member. Wow. Um, and it was a smaller show because, you know, like it, in 2018, you know, Katie's at these giant stadiums. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a smaller show at the Ace Hotel. And I get the email and it's like, yeah, I click on the tickets and there's like, everything's open. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy a ticket. They're $100, which is a lot, but I'm like in the third row away from her. Um, we get to the venue. I go with my friend, Victor. We get to the venue. It's so close. I'm freaking out. I've also been to this venue before and I know that there's like a weird back staircase. So I'm like, let's go up there. Um, <laughs> the staircase is like a, the VIP section that we just walked into. So they have free drinks and all this stuff. So I, of course, start drinking heavily because it was <laughs> me. 
And especially like you're in downtown Los Angeles where drinks cost $20. It's like, yes, I'm going to shovel them into my mouth. Yeah, until they kick <laughs> you out. <laughs> Do yeah. it. So needless to say, when the show starts, we're a little lit. Uh-huh. Um, I am pumped up because I am th- three rows, like 10 feet away from Katy Perry. So I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm drunk. I'm obnoxious. I'm loud. Um, there's like the soft part of the concert is about to start where she like gets quiet. You know, she does all her hits and she does like a quiet section and she was going to do Thinking of You. And my drunk ass starts screaming. I'm just like really loud and annoying. And she's like, what? What are you saying? And she's like looking at me and I'm like, sing brick by brick, which is just like Katy Perry deep cut. And she goes, wow, that's a real fan right there. Oh. Up. And everyone in the audience starts clapping. Oh my God, Taylor. But I don't even care because I'm so elated that she talks. Did you shut up for the rest of it, or you oh, were yeah, like, I, I was you quiet. High? Okay. I mean, I was still obnoxious. Like I still was like on top of the like chairs, dancing like on the handles, and oh my god, oh, I was so annoying. But That's I mean, funny. I guess because it was like a city card show, it was like a lot of old people who weren't dancing, mm-hmm. and I was like, I am not going to be three rows from Katy Perry mm-hmm. and sitting in my chair. When when Teenage Dream comes on. You can't be sitting. Yes. You can't. just can't. It's not ready. <laughs> oh. That's oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment. It was a moment. Uh, well, Taylor, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. I had such an amazing time talking to you. This was so fun uh, because I love talking about myself. But also just like, I forgot how much I missed your voice. And like, we should like have another Zoom call soon where I can like ask you questions. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. I forgot a lot yes. about me. Oh, yay. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, it was fun. Um, do you have any stories?